Alright, Amarillo, on your feet. It is time to introduce your Bomb City Locker Room Talk with a very special episode of the Locker Room Hype over the last dance. Here is your starting four. At six foot, from Paladura High School, Joseph King. At 6'1", from Idaloo High School, Jared Scott. At the other guard, at 5'6", from Amarillo High, Aaron Pena. And at the other guard, at 6'2", from Paladura High School, James Fairchild. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk. You're listening to Locker Room Hype. As you can tell, this episode will be all about the wildly popular Michael Jordan docuseries, The Last Dance. You guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. What what a great documentary, man. What a great documentary. I had a great time sitting there just (laughs) watching it. In my underwear? Not the word about that, is it? Not the word about that. You didn't have to wait until the summertime oh, yeah, exactly. to enjoy this. They, yeah. they they released it early. I know. That was the great part, you know. I mean, I hate saying thank you, this, you know, little virus thing. that So we got to get it up. and They moved it up. Yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. You're finding the silver lining. There's nothing exactly. wrong with that. And nothing makes you more happier than watching, you know, Michael Jordan whooping some ass you know that's that's the best part about the whole thing the nostalgia that came with it the feelings that we had growing up in the 90s and just that era oh yeah man i mean shoot i mean not not only missing sports but we've all been removed from michael jordan for so long we forgot what that felt like just him being that larger than life figure well it's good it's good to see you know i mean it's good to hear from him you know what really went down but also at the same time his mindset man i mean i know we'll get more into it but shit dude, right. you can't you can't beat that man i mean it was freaking amazing i know for a coach listening to him i wish i would i mean and there's some athletes you know you got you get kobe bryant you know you got some other famous players that you know have that Michael Jordan mentality but Man, he, he started it. For sure. He started it. It's yeah. a mentality yeah. that's kind of. just has got that flame, baby. Right. I mean. That's he, what champions are made of. absolutely my childhood hero. I grew up a huge Michael Jordan fan, just like we all did. He was everybody's hero, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was mine uh, being a young kid and just watching him as you try to become an athlete or as something you would admire to aspire to, not even just in basketball but in life like that's you wanted it every like the phrase goes i want to be like mike yes yes you know what was also cool was that i had an old school ninja turtle with the jersey number 23 on it as did i oh it's, man that's the, I mean, yeah, it goes to that. show yeah, how that. cool like i mean that he was Michael everywhere had he was everywhere and on everything i mean he was yeah. on everything i mean even the ninja turtles were wearing 23 with and i was like hell yeah i mean that's right. I mean, like, so I mean, he made basketball fans out of people that didn't give a shit about sports. That's oh, yeah. what was different about him, because you know there, there was always the the pop culture icons and music and movies and things like that. But he really, not to say you know he others hadn't been popular before it, but he made a brand out of the NFL or the NBA and made a brand out of himself like, that really hadn't been done before in basketball. For sure, like I'm I'm a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld, and he's on The Last Dance, and. He doesn't really watch m- any other sport other than baseball. Jerry Seinfeld's a huge baseball fan, but 
he wanted to go see Michael play. And they even have an episode of Seinfeld where they're on their way to see Michael play. And that just, he just was larger than life. Right. His aura just made people gravitate towards him. Like you said, people that weren't basketball fans went to the games, followed his career, and he was larger than life. Out of every athlete that we've ever known, he's undoubtedly the largest and most successful and most prestigious out yeah. of them all. There isn't, there is not any other athlete. I mean, every sport has their Michael Jordan, you know, Muhammad Ali, uh, Jerry Rice, um, he's, Tiger Woods. Tiger he's Woods. He's just at the pinnacle. He's at the top above. But every he sport. was above all of those people, right? And it just his brand, what he was, and he came with his own controversy too. It's not like he was perfect or anything. Uh, I think you know, even LeBron's probably been out of more controversy than Michael ever had, but, well, but he, Michael chose not to put himself in the media spotlight as far as being an activist for things that were going on in the world, which he is was just good. a basketball player. Which is good. Right. You know? That's what he chose to do. And you, you got to respect that. That's what I miss. That's what is, that is, has kept me away from the NBA. Now getting to know the players at the same level was because all they did was play. It was the love of the game that you saw. He, he just, you know, him like choosing to go golf whenever, smoke cigars, drink whiskey. Yeah. Like he didn't care about that's – how, that's how big his image was. There's a lot of – you hear that word a lot thrown around in sports like don't, don't, don't mess up your image. He didn't care. He didn't care if he gambled. He didn't care if he smoked cigars. He didn't care if he drank because he was Michael Jordan. Yeah, a big part of that was his just sheer confidence. Oh, yeah, he was exactly. a born leader, a born motivator. He, he couldn't accept losing, and that was part of who he was. Well, every human, sure. every human being needs some kind of out, no matter what. I mean, you can't absolutely. Sit, you can't sit there. I mean, and I know he thought about basketball twenty four seven. I know he did. I know he did. But when things weren't going right, man, you got to have an out. For you sure. have to have an. That out. That was his job. Yeah, and I mean, I don't blame the man. I don't. I mean, if as a coach, if that guy came, if he came up to me and says, "Hey, man, I need to go gamble," all right, go ahead. Just be back. And I thought that was like the cool thing about Phil like, Jackson be giving, back. giving like, there's no coach in the NBA, NFL, or anything that like no, Dennis no. Rodman would just disappear for days at a time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like they, he, they just wouldn't give a shit. And he'd be like, oh, well, he's a good defensive player. I don't care. Well, yeah. not, but that's the, that that's the mind. And, you know, Phil Jackson's not necessarily the term player's coach gets thrown around a lot in sports. He's not a player's coach, he's a hard ass, but oh, yeah. he knows how to manage players. And that he is the definition of a coach. So they I think, respected the hell out of him. And that's, them, that's yeah. the thing. Like the whole, not just Michael Jordan. Like Michael even says it himself. You wouldn't have Michael Jordan without Phil Jackson, Scotty Pippen. Like some of these guys that brought to the table what they did. Like even the organization itself, you know. Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause, Jerry Reinsdorf. They really put together something special. And, you know, it does come down to the players. They've got to be productive and live up to expectations, but it does take a team to make that happen. And to get them in the right place at the right time. Why don't you walk us through this like documentary? Uh, we don't have to go episode by episode, but kind of open the floodgates for us to give some topics and feedback. Well, of course, it's the interjection. And that's, that's when you know, they, they, they talk about the forming of you know, the Bulls and everything, of how when he got drafted. I, the, the one thing, I, at first, when I started watching this documentary, I didn't like that how it would cut. Like, I didn't like the thing they did where they were like, okay, here we're going to talk about 1984, and then we're going right. to jump ahead to 98. You but at the like same time, I, I did, as the documentary went on, 
I respected what they were doing. Right. It. it was kind of hard to follow at first, but right. I, I loved it as the series built and continued and progressed from 1984 all the way to 1998. Yeah. I liked how it flipped back and forth because you got a little piece of the current 97, 98 season, and then you got a piece of, you know, Jordan in the 80s, and then Jordan winning his first championship in 90, 91. So it was pretty cool, the, the back and forth aspect of the documentary. Right. I have to say, in my opinion, it is the greatest documentary I have ever watched. Well, yeah, I mean, because you get to see, you know, you, yes, we get to see the great moments, you know, whenever back, you know, after he came back from baseball and all that, we got to see that great, those great moments. But then you got to see, you know, when he first got into the, the you know, when he got into the whole game. Right. I mean, you can the see shoe the stuff. Uh, yeah, the behind, no, which is just really. You know what I like. Sorry. No, 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 no. Go no, ahead, you're Jared. Good. No, you're good. I, and that was that was an interesting aspect to see. Right. I, that's all I was just gonna say. Sorry. No, <laughs> you're good. What, you're thing, good. That, sorry. <laughs> the thing that I liked about it um, was the fact that where they would go with it to, for the people that maybe just watched Jordan or just kind of like weren't maybe the biggest basketball fans, it didn't paint him out to be an asshole, but you did see that. Like you said, Aaron, earlier, that Michael mentality, that right. that Mamba mentality, that that that, oh, yeah. and a he, lot of people he took pushed it as, people as as an asshole, being, being a bully. Yeah. In, in this society, you will see him as an asshole. I mean, I hate saying that because, I mean, when I you know people are like, oh man, he's so rude. I mean, to punch his own teammate and all that. Well, hell no, man. As you know, if I saw that aggression, if I saw that competitiveness, hell yeah, that's what you need. Maybe people you that have never to... played a competitive sport or played a sport in general would view that as being an asshole. Yeah. But anybody that's played sports or seen that would know that no, that's just somebody driven. That's him. That's what just driven. That's what you. That's him motivating others. his his teammates to rise above and to be better. And episode one established who the bad guy was in this narrative, Kraus. Right, Jerry. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was that was in like the first few minutes. It really set up that you know. I mean, this was Kraus, and he was essentially telling Phil Jackson, you know, you're you're done. Yeah. This is your this is your last season. No matter if you go eighty two and zero, you're yeah. not coming back. Yeah. That which that, that to say that is that does paint him as the antagonist. Um, and I know like people like uh, I think maybe even people from the Kraus family and Horace Grant and some other people have kind of said that this documentary paints them in a bad light. He was the only one that I felt like did kind of catch a bad rap because everything I've read about Jerry Krause, even before this documentary came out, I knew about him and what happened between everybody. Yeah, like what you touched on, James, there towards the end, how he was like, no, Phil's not coming back, and I'm going to, you know, I don't care about signing Pippen and all these things. Yes, that did, that wasn't right, but everything I've read about Jerry Krause, he was an awesome guy. He was very nice. He was friendly, and I, I did feel like it kind of did push him to be just kind of this this jerk well in that, that for most first, of the documentary in that first episode it did that's my up. only complaint yeah the character the, the, the players even talked about how you know with your kids jerry Krause would be a nice guy and he would be engaging and everything and i think i think it gets a bad rap as well because he's the general manager you know he's he's, he's a general manager for the entire organization right it's not just he's not worried about just the players in this one event he's trying to engage you know look 10 years forward and so, you know, he also kind of gets that bad rep for that. You know, everyone else is focused on, well, the players in the game and everything, but he, from his position as a manager, a general manager, you have to kind of look at that perspective. For sure. I mean, I might step on my own toes over here and everything like that. I, I know that, you know, it takes a whole organization to win a championship. I, you know, it takes a lot of people, you know, and it, it, it starts there, yes. And, you know, with him and saying, well, it's not the players. So, man, yes, it does, man. It starts with the players. 
It has to start with the players. You got to get them to practice. You got to practice. They have to come to practice, and they have to have a mentality that every time they step onto that court, they're playing like it's the damn last game of their life. And that's the, that's the tone that Michael set every damn day on practice and also with Phil Jackson. I mean, he they practice was tough. And that was what was, was, and that's what's that's what made them. I can't say here and say, well, you know, well, Jerry, you know, you you're, you you built this organ. No, man, those guys have to step on the court and say, all right, man, this is what we got to do today, and we got to work our ass off in order to get where we're at. And you know, like you hit the nail on the head yeah. with saying work your ass off because Michael did that. Like he was, you know, he was a, a national championship in college for the University of North Carolina um, in 1982. Uh, they won. Uh, he was actually teammates with another NBA uh, legend and Hall of Famer, James Worthy. Um, but Michael was putting up in college. He was great. He was he was good. He was a good collegiate athlete. But I think he averaged like seventeen points a game, seventeen point five points a game in college throughout his college career. And just you know, when he came to the NBA, that drive to become better. Like he was good enough to play in the NBA when he got there. But he lit a fire up underneath his own ass and just kind of. Right, going, stop going against guys like Larry Bird and the the bad boys in Detroit, yep. the Pistons. It really helped mold him into the champion that he later became. For Winning sure. three in a row, and then one year in baseball, but taking two seasons away, and then coming back and winning three more in a row. And Space Jam thrown in there too. Space Jam, <laughs> and it was just a combination of hard work and failure. Failure pushed him and elevated him to become a six-time NBA champion. Well, yeah, but, you know, one thing that's, you know, that I really respect uh, with Dean Smith, the coach of, you know, North, of North, North Carolina. Carolina at that time, you know, whenever, you know, whenever Jordan was thinking about going to the NBA, you know, Dean Smith could have sat there and said, hey, man, I want you to stay here until your senior year. You know, we can win another two or three more, you know, championships, but, dude, it goes to show that guy was not – he didn't – he was like, no, man. He wasn't Michael. selfish. He wasn't selfish. Mm-hmm. He's like, Michael – you need to go. You need to go. Yeah. At, this is your moment he right knew, now. He knew. He knew. Exactly. Not a lot of co- coaches would do that. No, exactly. Because what is what is a coach, as, you're, as mm. your number one driving force, Aaron, you're a coach. Yeah. What's your number one driving force? Get these guys, you know. Well, uh, like, as, but you want to win, right? I want to, yeah, I would love to win, but it's not about me. Exactly, it's about you. Though. And that's what the, makes a good exactly. coach. And that makes you, you a good coach. You want to see them like, as successful as possible. Exactly. And if that is going to the next level and providing for their family and themselves and making a career out of their God-gifted ability, then so be it. You know, they need to go. Even the great Bobby Knight, you know, got to coach in when it, with yeah. Team USA. And, you know, I, everybody knows how crazy Bobby Knight was. Throwing chairs. But the oh, thing yeah. about it, great, but still a great, a great, amazing. great coach. And no, he's, he saw, he's, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. And he saw what Michael could do. Mm-hmm. And even at that young age, I mean, it's – I mean, when you see these guys that have been around – you know, basketball for many, many years. And you see this, you see Michael, and they're like, yeah, this guy's going to make. He's got it. He got it. Yeah. He's got the it factor. He's and got the leadership. And it wasn't so much that, yeah, I know he could shoot and he could jump and all right. that. It was just the mentality that mm-hmm. he had that just, man, it just was incredible. It was not, a drive yeah, that right. not a, a lot drive. of players have. Exactly. Not many players not many possess that these days. Yeah. You know, people in general. And um, so, like, you know, Michael leaves North Carolina, goes into the NBA draft. He's drafted third overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what's kind of crazy. It's funny. Um, so, another NBA Hall of Famer, at the number one pick, went to the Houston Rockets, Hakeem Olajuwon. Great, great yeah, athlete. Right. Great. That's one great of the best player. centers of all time. Uh, centers, not centers, sorry. Um, and then number two 
was Sam Bowie, who went to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Sam Bowie went on to have an illustrious career of playing nine seasons and averaging 10 points a game. <laughs> so, you know, I bet the Portland Trail. Could you imagine Michael Jordan being a Portland Trailblazer? Oh, no. Man, there's no way. I, can, I can't imagine him in any other uniform than the Bulls now. He did play with the Wizards, yeah, but, you know, that doesn't count. No. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, that he put that own – that symbol, that bull on the map. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like that's you it's legendary. That's what I'm saying. You can't imagine Michael playing with anybody other than the Chicago There's Bulls. Right. And yeah. you know, let's focus on episode two of Scottie Pippen. He's such oh, an I important love that episode. Oh, yes. He's such an important player to this team. And Michael considered Scottie his greatest teammate of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was second in scoring in franchise history, second in minutes, third in rebounds, second in assists, and second in steals. And his salary was such a dispute and such a a, a major topic of conversation for was episode it, two. Was it eighteen million dollars for nine years, right? right? It's just a, it's mind-boggling how little he was paid and how important of a player he was. He should have been getting three times that. And not only that, like his story alone, like growing up and and becoming like when he went. What was the high school or the college he went to? Where he signed on, it was like he he signed on as like the water boy or like the towel boy or game manager, yeah, Central game Arkansas manager, so. game manager, somewhere in Arkansas. He he wasn't even on the team, and they just had a spot open up. He's like, yeah, I'll try for it, and you know he was he grew up very poor, and his father uh, had a massive stroke and was pretty much bedridden most of his adolescent to adult life or young adult to adult life, and just the adversities that he went through to become, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, the best small forward of all time. Right. And going into that 97, 98 campaign, he deserved to be paid, you know, but the lack of a new deal and the constant trade rumors swirling around him, it, it led him to set out. And then he had that injury. He's just one of those players that was vital to the success of the bulls. And he deserved the money that he was owed, and eventually, you, you know, know, he got it down the road, but it took a while. You know, it says after the docu- the whole documentary came out, you know, they said Scotty Pippen came out, and he said he was very, very livid about the whole documentary, and especially on Michael, because of what it portrayed towards him. I mean, he said that he just felt, he felt, he just felt weird, and he just didn't, he didn't appreciate it. I was just like, but you don't understand, man, you know, Michael gave you a lot of credit. He gave yeah. tremendous credit. I mean, oh yeah, he, you know, like but he, said, he, but Scotty's just backing up his bro. Yeah, I know, and that's the one thing. It's like you know, Scotty, man. You know, if if you ever listen to this, that'd be great. You know, but you know, Michael has you, man. You know, I mean, he says he without, yeah, without without Scotty Pippen, Pippen, there is no Michael. Yeah, right. exactly. And Michael, you and, know, considered him the best teammate ever. And on top of that, man, you know, I, I mean. You know, right there in that last game, I I, I remember you know seeing Scotty hurting you know in so his, much with the back injury. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that he was hurting. You know, I mean, I've still been played to, his ass off. Yeah, I've I've been, I've had some back spasms and things like that. You just can't. It's not like you can just be like, oh, I'm all right. Like Shake every move, every move is a yeah. It's the sharpest pain in the world, and you know, man, shoot. I'm grateful for Scotty. And he man, played. You he know? played. He played that entire game. Yeah. He he went back and forth to the locker room exactly but it's not like he didn't play a half or anything and right he had his moments that will always live with him and not so much in a positive light when he sat out at the end of the game 
when Phil Jackson drew up a play and it wasn't in his favor, he sat out. And then the whole holdout that, that last season, Jordan didn't agree with his decision on that. Mm-hmm. Scotty was trying to do was to force management to change his contract. And Jerry wasn't going to do that. So there were some times where I wish Scotty wouldn't have had those dark moments because he was such a likable guy. I absolutely. And, and from a business standpoint too, he kind of screwed himself because he ended up getting less money by doing what he did when he probably went or the, when he know, when he initially initially signed with the Chicago bulls, he, he signed a contract that he probably shouldn't have signed. And that's what led to him holding out. And it's like, if he was making the money that he was, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Right. And, and you got to give mad respect to him because the reason he signed that contract was he wanted the financial security for his family. No, no. You know, he knew as soon as he made it big that he had the opportunity and, and well, that's yeah. a tough position to be in. You gotta, I, yeah, I, I mean, understand you gotta respect his, that. I do respect Sox, his but. perspective and Jordan's perspective because Jordan is his teammate. He wants his bro out there day one and they got it off to a rough start that year, 97, 98 season. They, they started eight and seven that season and, the, and they could have had a great remarkable run like the 95 96 season where they won 72 games but they got the off best to basketball a, team in all time they got time, off to a rough opinion. start because scotty's holdout you, and and his injury i want to talk about that for a minute real quick the you know the golden state warriors had a better record they beat the uh, 96 bulls <laughs> but in my opinion <laughs> the game of basketball was much harder and more physical then um, it was a different game. Totally it, absolutely. Different, game. different and, players. And, so to, and they didn't have the caliber of shooters that the Golden State Warriors had on their team. Oh, and, yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, every damn game, you're getting almost in a fist fight. For sure. You know? I mean, if you Rodman's, who's sure, Rodman, Rodman wrestling with this week? Uh, yeah. I besides mean, Carmen Electra day, in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this day and age, man, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, shoot, they'd be bragging out, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars fines. Back then, you're like, all right, you got a tee again, so you like, you know, but, but it was so like the sudden, man, it was so competitive. I mean, you can't, you can't put a price on that. For sure, you can't, you can't put a price on that. And, 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 and it's hard to look at the players now versus then and not just think they're so soft. I mean, obviously they're not because these are incredible athletes. But just the crap that they try to get away with now in terms of fouls and not just manning up and playing the game. Yeah, and I mean, the flopping. The, the flopping yeah. has increased. Love flop. I mean, I love LeBron. Yeah. I do too. As but, a player, but let's be honest, he does not have the killer instinct. No. That Kobe had or Michael had, he is lacking very much just that all-around badass no matter what, I'm going to come through and I'm going to put my, my... I'm going to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to put everything on the line and you can count on me. He won't. He shrunk in a t- too many situations, For but sure. he's, still, he's still a top five player of all time. I'm not going to put him at number one. We'll, we'll get to that but, towards the end. Right. Uh, to stick with Scotty for a minute, you know, when Michael retired the first time in 94, um, after his father passed away, he... Scotty took up a huge load, and his point per point per game went up to I think to twenty twenty five or twenty six points per game. He had a great season the year uh, when Michael, Michael stepped out. away, yeah. and and so that's 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 just another testament that a lot of people the, forget about Scotty right. Pippen. He was not just a support player; he was not just a role player, and that's that's just how great Michael is. That you forget about how great of a player Scotty Pippen is, and, and you almost hate that they were on the same team because of what Scotty probably could have accomplished elsewhere, and that's what he tried to do when he went to Portland, but. Man, I love Scottie Pippen. And like I said earlier, he is the best small forward of all time, in my opinion. I think LeBron's the best athlete to ever play in the NBA. But Scottie Pippen was amazing. And they were so good after Michael left that one 
season 93, 94, they were good that season because of Scotty. For sure. The next season, it all fell apart until March when Michael came back. They made the playoffs, but they weren't the same team. Michael was out of shape. He was in baseball shape. He wasn't ready to compete at the level that he had before. But Scotty really carried that team that first year Michael stepped away. And that's got to be hard to drop a powerhouse like Michael Jordan in the middle end of your season and just say, all right, we're, we're going to go back to this and let's just completely throw off any momentum and any team dynamic that we've created at this point. I mean, it's, it's hard to say no to Michael Jordan. And his first championship, he beats Magic Johnson and the Showtime Lakers. It was granted it was towards the end of Kareem's career. Still. And, but still, I mean you got James Worthy who he went to college with who's who was an excellent shooting guard. Um you had Magic who I think most of us in this room would probably agree that he's if not the best, one of the best point guards of all time. Uh he's definitely not tall enough. He he was way too tall to play point guard, but he Magic's amazing and just that team in general like to beat them in the finals to finally get over that hump and win a championship, uh, I, you know, that, that that was his first one. Like, that's crazy. It's just it's crazy to look back on those championships and, and just see Michael's physique in the early days. <laughs> how he's all and skinny. How, <laughs> how skinny he was, but how, how dominant he was, how athletic he was. And he just packed on muscle over time, and he just transformed his body. He was a... a a total freak of nature with the way that he went about his regiment with his training and his routine. He had his own trainers. It was just crazy to see that. I mean, clearly he, and he's not, he's not a warrior, but it was very, I mean, it was very similar to like what you would imagine a Spartan went through that he pushed himself to. I mean, it's just constant work, constant practice, constant trying to better himself. He lived the life of, I mean, of, of a warrior where there was no, there was no loss. Mm-hmm. You know, he even talked about creating, I mean, creating fake things that kind of drove him. Like, oh, yeah, he oh, made, that, he yeah, made up. Yeah, he made, made up, up stories that people said to him. He's like, now I'm nah, gonna get after that your didn't ass. happen. Bro, yeah, 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 that's crazy. Well, here's the thing, and they said that this is Michael Jordan's father put it in this way: If you want to bring the best in Michael, tell him he can't do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's you know, these days and age, you know. You tell a kid or you tell somebody, oh, you can't do that. Then they're like, oh, yeah, you, well, I, guess I, right. can't, I guess I can't. can't yeah. They don't fabricate some yeah. kind of, well, I'm going to go after and you. I'm going to show exactly. you. But, right. Well, he didn't even, that's the thing, you know, with Michael, yeah, he was going to show you, but how he put the work into it. Yeah. He yeah. didn't just say, oh, well, I'll show you. No. It wasn't okay. passive aggressive. Yeah. He's like, all right. So he goes back to work. And that's where he did it. I like in episode three and four, you know, that's I want to talk about the bad boys for a minute and how good that team was. But at the same time, they were way more physical than and any other NBA team. The Pistons would be banned in 2020. Oh, yeah. oh for oh, sure. Or flagrant fouls left and right. You know, Isaiah Thomas would be probably fouled out. And yeah, he clearly got rubbed raw over the last rubbed wrong over the, <laughs> over oh, yeah. the, last, Jordan, over the last 20 years. Jordan's like, nah, screw him. I hate him. <laughs> I don't care what he has to say. That's the Detroit Pistons in those years were uh, they didn't have the skill like it even says in the documentary. I can't remember who says it, but they were like they don't have the skill basketball wise to beat us, but they had the strength and the physicality. And Michael was getting pushed around in those playoffs. And then he just comes back jacked. Not, I mean, maybe not jacked, but jacked for Michael. Yeah, and, he put on he, what, like he, 15 pounds, 20 to 20 pounds, 20 like pounds that? of muscle. Yeah. And and came in and just you know took over and it was like bye, it was over, and yeah they they really dominated Michael Jordan in those two years. I mean they they 
elbows after the whistle, shoves in the back, slaps to the face, whacks across the head and neck. I mean, it was just one thing after another. They really beat him down to a point where he couldn't take it anymore, and he knew he had to do something about it the following year if he wanted to be an NBA champion. And he proved just in that way, to me, he's the ultimate competitor because he elevated his game. He transformed his body to deal with that kind of punishment to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. And he kind of alludes to it in the documentary, but he disliked Zeke so much that he kept, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still, yes, I love Michael Jordan, but I'm a basketball fan. Isaiah Thomas is one of the best point guards to ever play the game. He's a great player. And he kept him from being on the Olympic basketball team, yeah. the dream team. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas well, was supposed to be on it, but Michael was like, uh, no. no. If he's right. on there, I won't be there. And, of course, they're not going to let you know, my, it's Michael. Oh, well, yeah. Right. They're going to listen to him over anyone else. For sure. And let's talk about the dream team for a minute. I was going to say, you said earlier, what was it? The 95-96 Bulls was the best team. But, but I the mean, best team. <laughs> well, let's, let's say yes, the, the best, best regular NBA season team, team obviously. The best the team, team ever assembled yes. is the dream team. The yes. dream team, yes. which Croatia had no chance to. God, man. Don't you feel bad for them? Just, just a bunch of pale Eastern European guys just like. Oh, no. <laughs> I fought the war. I'm prepared for this. Oh, shit. I'm not prepared for this. You know, Coach, they really ooh, they took it to him that first time yeah. they, they met up. Yeah. But the resilience, and that's another thing, too. Tony, like, gets drafted by them. And, you know, he was in the – Jerry Krause was trying to scout this kid and was like, yeah, I want, I want this guy to come play power forward for us. Or I did Tony – Tony played center, I think, a couple of times with Luke Longley. They split. I think originally that was his plan. But – um you know, they, he he came in and uh, Ku coach proved himself. He kind of got beat up, and then he came back, and and then when he got drafted into the NBA, and then they played in the Olympics a couple four years later, and he's a teammate of Michael's. He he shows work. He he did right. He, he proved himself to Michael, and that's what a lot of his cast he he supporting was, cast. He was did. a great role player, and he he made some great baskets in important moments. He he hit a whole bunch of game winners as well. But in that, that 92 Summer Olympics, the Dream Team defeated its opponents by an average of 44 points to the gold medal. And it's not surprising. You have Christian Leitner, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, Clyde the Glide Drexler, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Chris Mullen, Charles Barkley, and Magic Johnson. Probably... The people I just named, you could put on a list and you'd probably have like Kobe, LeBron, and a few others as the greatest of all time. Yeah. In the, in the, and they were all on the same team. So, yeah, they just dominated that Olympics. I kind of wish there was a team that could have challenged them. So the but. Olympics that Kobe and LeBron played on together were pretty good in 2008. Uh, it was Kobe, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, uh, Carmelo Anthony. They Durant. probably they could have took them on. They could have took them on. I still think the Dream Team would have won. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. doubt. What do you think, Gary? You think? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Dream Team. I mean, that's... I mean, God, man. I mean, I know it was back in 92. And I remember watch, you know, watching some of it here and there. I mean, there's, I mean, you got, I mean, you got Larry Bird, man, you know, Larry who, Bird. Who is, just, Charles Barkley was a scoring leader. I, I mean, people I, forget that. I mean, I, I love Charles People Barkley. forget how great of a shooter Larry was Larry, and, and how great a, he could, how great that white boy had some moves, well, man. Even that, he, he, oh, yeah. he even, he beat a team with his left hand because yeah. he said he wanted to save his right hand for the next night. Like, I mean, it's like, 
okay, like not many people can do that. Yeah, that that's Celtics team. Yeah, he's Bob the Moses and everybody. He's the best. Like, they were great. Him and Lambeer are probably the two I mean, best redneck looking white guys <laughs> no. to ever play the game. Yeah, yeah for you sure. You got Bird. You got there. I mean. Golly, man, you know, I mean, because I mean, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I've always loved Michael Penn, man, but and he, but Bird, I, I love Bird, I've always yeah. have. Oh, his shot, man, is so you know, I've loved smooth, Bird. smooth. Like, I don't even think he, I there, like, you go look up YouTube videos of Larry Bird. I don't know yeah. if you can even find a shot that hits the rim nope. and goes in. Oh, I think man. he just He's, goes through the net just, every time. He likes the backboard at times, which is yep. very Caucasian of him. But. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, they put that square there for a reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the testament to Larry Bird, too, he became an amazing coach and coached against oh, yeah. Jordan in the yep. Eastern Conference Finals with yep. uh, Reggie Miller, one of the great. So that I think you know we wouldn't have Reggie Miller without Re- Larry Bird because obviously he probably helped him shoot. Yeah, you know, and we got we got start to- or we started talking about the dream team when you wanted to talk about you know the bad boys episodes three and four. Well, we can't go into that without talking about Rodman. Right. I mean Rodman mm-hmm. episode three. That was I mean he was he was the central character for that episode. For the bad boys, the bad boys. Yeah, his reputation yes. was a mess by '95, and when he got to the Bulls, you know Michael already knew how good he was and what he could do on the court. He knew he was a great player. He played against him so much, playing the bad boys. So he was a great addition. He really brought an element to that team that they needed defensively. Yeah, and the best hands-on. I mean, one-on-one defensive player ever. I, I I would agree with that. Like I I think he had a rebound a game where he had like thirty rebounds in a single game or something like a thirty six. It was some ungodly number. He was and and that was the thing. Like they always gave him his leash. They they knew the kind of person he was, mm-hmm. and it was like he he. But he when he showed up to play, he was going to be there I on mean, game he, day. He replaced Horace Grant, which <laughs> that guy was rubbed so wrong. Oh, the thing. the latest news of him coming out and like having issues with this uh, docu series, and I haven't seen that. What is what is what's his problem with Mike? And uh, he just after, it was with, after, it was with the book went, that what's his friend? What the the investigative reporter wrote? Sam, I can't, remember I can't his think of his name. But he he had issues with a lot of things, and he doesn't like Mike. And when he went to Orlando and they beat Mike in the in the playoffs in uh, 94-95, he really lavished that moment because he was glad he wasn't playing with Michael anymore. He got out of his shadow. And even though Rodman replaced him, Rodman's so much Horace Grant's great, but Rodman is a step above ability wise of what Horace brought to, you know, what made me mad about that part when they're talking about the magic playing the bulls and, and Horace Grant is, and he's all like jazzed up because he did make a great play. But Penny and Shaq, man, like that's who won that damn game. Get the hell out of here, Horace Grant. You're a decent power forward. He probably right. he's won Defensive Honor of the Years. He played with the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe too. But come on, man, like that irritated me so bad that they didn't get in on they acted Penny like and Shaq they, a little bit. They acted like they won the finals, and then they got get their butts beat by you know the Rockets. Yeah. right after that. Yeah, Houston beat their ass if you haven't seen that 30 for 30 if you have espn plus that's a good documentary to watch too is about the orlando magic and penny hardaway and Shaq. hey the rockets are like the the second 90s team in a way <laughs> they're yeah. not number one that's for sure but no. they're there it, but <laughs> to, to cu- kind of cut in on that that episode three and four um in episode uh four there is a moment uh, in the All-Star game, when it kind of goes into the 96 All-Star game, or nine, excuse me, the 97 All-Star game, 
Michael refers to this young kid that decides to guard him as the Laker boy, who yep. they're refer- referring to Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. And you see just young Kobe sitting there, and it just kind of – I've always considered Michael Jordan the GOAT, but Kobe is my favorite athlete, my def- definitely my favorite basketball player. You're sporting him tonight. I am sporting him. Yeah, I wasn't going to talk about Maybe. that, but yeah. Maybe he, you enjoyed and loved Kobe so much because he was so much like Mike. And that's the thing. Like, and Michael says himself, like he said, if you had to pick uh, a one-on-one, like they asked him, you know, who, who would beat you one-on-one, LeBron or you? And he goes, oh, I'd, I would destroy LeBron. And they said, okay, but what about Kobe Bryant? And Michael goes, he pauses and he's like, you know what? Kobe would probably beat me because he stole all my moves. <laughs> Kobe and, admits it. He, yeah, yeah. If, he modeled if his there game. were no... Jordan, there would be no Kobe. I Kobe's mean, Kobe's favorite player growing up was Magic Johnson, but he modeled his game oh yeah. after Michael. It's like I, we said before in another episode of ours, um, the mirror image of the moves and the scoring and just their overall movements on the court, it's identical. And it's because Kobe admired Jordan so much that he modeled his game after him. For sure. And – like there's a quote that came up on Bleacher Report last week, and uh, I posted it to my timeline, and um, it's Kobe's telling basically a lighthearted story, but in the context of it, it's so like Kobe Bryant of him. He he, they're talking back, they're kind of talking trash. This is after Michael had uh, joined the Wizards, and Michael said because they're talking about Kobe being in his prime, and Michael said I would have destroyed you. And Kobe looks at Michael and says, remember who you're talking to. <laughs> and for Kobe Bryant to say that to Michael Jordan, to me, that's, that's why we said earlier, LeBron doesn't have that. You're like, obviously, we know probably, we could probably all agree, it, I think it'd be a close one-on-one game, but Michael would probably win. Yeah. But if they were both in their prime... But that's that's the thing is that that mentality he and, and granted to Kobe he took it he called it the Mamba mentality because he wanted to be better than Michael that's why he, when he changed his number he changed it to twenty four like he wanted people to forget about Michael Jordan not that not out of hate no, or disrespect no. but out of that respect he's like I'm gonna be better y'all think he's that great I'm gonna show you and there was a quote recently that I read that said uh, it said. Um, LeBron wants to be like Mike. Kobe wanted to kill the man. <laughs> and that's that's just that attitude. Yeah. Well, I and think Michael gives that. I think James said it best when he said that LeBron is probably the best athlete. You know, Michael made the transition to baseball. Probably, Kobe, I mean, Kobe had that body set, but LeBron James is built like a lineman. I mean, obviously not I like a professional lineman. I think he's a receiver but, in the NFL. Yeah. Tight yeah, end. There's no, yeah. yeah, there's no other. I mean, there's no way he's that huge. you can go from basketball to football at a professional level unless you're built like an athlete. And as opposed to just Michael Jordan was an athlete, but he was designed for basketball. And he even talks about that when he went to baseball, he had to change his body type yeah, exactly. and workout regimen to he fit did. the he game did. of ba- baseball and to play in the outfield. He just designed he his was body so, to it. It's, that's what it was amazing right. about him. Yeah. He was so out of shape well, when he came back to basketball because of the body that he had chiseled to fit baseball. And who does that? Well, here's the thing. Here we go. Let's change this up just a little bit. Let's talk about what what does it take, okay? Now that you know, now they got Jordan, they got Pippen, everything they got, they got Phil, right? Now you got to beat Detroit, right? And this is the biggest moment right here on this, especially on episode four. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I mean, we can. I know we can sit here and we can talk about Kobe and all this, but now this is where it makes people. You know, this team great because, like you said, you you got these bad boys, right? You got these bad boys, and now it's like I said. You know, Mike. You know, instead of throwing in the towel, say, well, you know, we'll, we'll take a break and everything. No, he's like, what are we doing tomorrow? You know, after he got beat by the Pistons and. Uh, Oh, you talking about the nineties in the end of the nineties season? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, man, that that takes some pretty that takes balls to just sit there and say, "All right, let's get to work tomorrow." You know, they started hitting the weights, they started doing this, and then, like you said, they you know they hired Phil. You know, and I'm with you. That, you just don't see that as much today. I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. there's going to be cases everywhere, but you don't see that drive professionally where. Yeah. That that's what they're doing because I mean, you know I, I mean they're not going out there and said all right let's go pick up these free agents and see if we yeah. can make a power team no. no they get their asses in the gym started shooting started lifting and they started watching film and saying okay how can we get beat through these guys I mean right and you know like I said man that doesn't matter what what kind of competitive person you are or anything you know I know Jordan you know when he, and, and and when he got beat in in nineteen ninety. He had to sit there, you know, go shake, you know, Isaiah's hand. He had to go. He went and shook all those guys' hands. He did respectfully. I knew you were gonna, I knew he did it out of respect. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I know we can sit here. We can talk about that other. But this is where it shows the true character of a true right. champion right here. doesn't matter what happens. You're going to go and you're going to go shake a hand if somebody said, good job, congratulations. You know, and then you walk back and say, what the hell we're going to do for next year? All right. So I like how you said that. Then I want to hear your opinion. I mean, you know, that was the end of the, that was the 90s end of their season. What's your opinion of the 91 ending when the Pistons just walked off? That's bullshit. A bunch of the worst. I I wish I wanted to say the the P word, but you know, I know we got. Bitches. The the B word. Use bitches. (laughs) They're bitches. I mean, right there. I mean, I, I can sit here. I've taken some good ass whoopings before. As a as a player and as a coach, you know, and I've you know I've you know some of these coaches they'll say you know coach hey I'm sorry about I'm like sorry about what there's nothing to be sorry about no I don't, it's like your players came out and you performed to the highest expectations and I you know we didn't good job congratulations and then I go to my team and say what can we do better and you know what makes and me, that's what I mean it made them really paint themselves in a negative light that Michael still. Can't get out. You can't get out of his head. What makes me so oh, mad yeah. about it is, you said that yourself. You know, you like you've had your own ass whoopings like that. And you know what you do? Mm-hmm. You go up and you shake their hand and say thank you for that because yeah. I'm going to come back and I'm going to try harder. That's what an athlete does. Yeah. And they just walked off. You're professional athletes. Yeah, you're a professional. And, and they just walked off. I. You know what? Watching that, I I was four years yeah. old at the time. Maybe five when that happened, and just watching even, that just even, made me sick to my stomach. Like, screw you. Even you know, I had kick, you know kicking it ahead. You know, right there at the lot, Carl Malone. Whenever they got beat, went onto the bus yes. and went and shook Jordan's hand awesome. and, and told everybody, "Congrats!" I mean, Carl Malone, man. I mean, losing twice. You know, I mean, and here's the thing, man. Carl Malone. Fucking awesome player, man! Right. And a awesome great player, great. Yeah, he's and not like guy. the nicest player either. I mean, he'll no, sit there and he'll throw an elbow right back yeah. in your face. Oh, yeah. but he's he's the next guy, exactly. But it, it takes a true, a true, like you said, it takes a true, a true champion or a true athlete to sit there and say, "Hey, man, you know, yeah, I mean, 
hey, you know. Hey, you, you gave it to us tonight, yeah, but hey, yeah. I'm going to come get you next year. And even yeah, right. if you don't, just have that mindset. Exactly. I'm going to work harder. Yeah. Don't just go pissed off. Like yeah, like a whiny little baby. Yeah. Like a whiny kid. And, you know, and I, you know, I was sitting there watching it, you know. And when I saw that, man, you know, I know I've always liked Isaiah, you know, Thomas. And I know it's hard to... You know, say well. You know, that beer, it, it should it should never athletes. define that should never define a person. But man, it, it, it did defi- in that moment. It's it not even that person. It defines you know as an athlete, man. You know, like you know, I even tell my kids, you know, you know, even if it doesn't matter how bad you beat or if you win, you're gonna go out there, you're gonna shake that other person's hand, you're gonna tell them good game, and and you're gonna celebrate, or you're gonna you know you're gonna fix it. One right. of the two, and then you're going to go back to work. I don't think we can ignore the coaching greatness of Phil Jackson to get the Bulls over the hump to beat the Pistons with the triangle offense. For it sure. was revolutionary. and that, Still used today. That offense really catapulted them to success. Mm-hmm. And, and no disrespect to uh, Doug Collins. Doug Collins is a Hall of, NBA Hall of Famer. Um, a lot of people don't know this. That's the only reason Michael went out of retirement to go play for the Washington Wizards. Doug Collins was a head coach right. um, during that, those seasons. He, he loved Doug, and he even says it in the documentary. It doesn't touch on that about him going to the Wizards at all, uh, but he that's why he loved Doug. He says he loves Doug. And and he, Doug is the opposite of what I said about Phil. Doug is a player's coach. He was giving Mike the rock. He was putting up these astronomical numbers, but he wasn't having many assists. And it, it was reported that he was angry and hurt that he did not get a chance to go the distance with Jordan. For sure. I would be too. He had a, he had a deep bond with Jordan. Yeah, of course. You know, he, he they got a, so close. And he did. Then, yeah, he was a great guy. He. Did, it was interesting. He didn't want to publicly comment about the doc documentary, and I'd love to hear what he has to and say. And he's. If you ever have heard, like, I, like I'm a huge NBA fan. I've I've watched Doug Collins for years. He's coached numerous teams. He is so respectful, and he's such a nice guy. And and he's had some issues to where his his health has declined over the last few years and I wish Doug the best but he's he's just one of those coaches that uh he's he's a player's coach and you you like to see people like that at time that knows how to win he's got a he's got a above 500 record in the NBA he's a good coach um Phil Jackson's just Phil Jackson and I think that was what a gamble by Reisendorf to bring in because he was and you know to do that because that could even create drama in the locker room because Phil was an offensive coordinator for Doug during oh, those times and you know to to fire a head coach and to promote somebody that can bring tension like it did with it, Michael it can bring you yeah. and so but Phil winning six titles with them and then five with LA oh, he's man. the greatest NBA coach of all time and I think you know the the only one close to him I think is uh uh, Greg Popovich, the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Well, you know, now we can, you know, we can talk about, you know, now after that, you know, Jordan, you know, went off. They beat the Lakers, you know, beat, you know, they got all. Pat Riley, one of the best coaches yeah, of all time. They went out there, you know, they took it to them, you know, got that first championship. And like they said, you know, that's whenever they, you know, the players really said about Michael is, you know, whenever he had that, he grabbed that trophy and he was crying. You know, they, they, they saw the true Michael right there because, you know, like they said, yeah, he would scream at him. He would get angry at him, you know, and they were like, man, this guy's just a straight asshole. But the, whenever they got, when he got to hold on to that championship and cry and see that, well, shit, he is human. I mean, he's, 
he's not an asshole. He he cares. And he loves right there. He him. loves right. this. He loves it. I think he was still well, an asshole though. I mean, you could be. I, I think he was an asshole. He could be. I mean, sure he was to. a nice that's guy. Fine to, be, but he to was, view it yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you have to. But there's nothing wrong. I'm an asshole. So. But you're not Michael Jordan. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to episodes five and six, I want to touch on the shoe. That's what I was wondering. We were going to some Air Jordans, baby. His his partnership with Nike is now worth billions. It almost didn't happen with a B. And as he had initially hoped with Adidas, he he wanted to sign with Adidas. He had his heart set on that, and his parents talked him out of it. They made him reconsider, and it wasn't a good deal. And I bet Adidas is kicking themselves in the teeth to this day. Yeah, like yeah, you know that the guy uh, from the University of Oregon that invented Nike and all that, and uh, it just was a match made in heaven. And that shoe is iconic. It very, it doesn't the, even matter. You know who who's the unsung hero here? Jordan's mom. Yeah. I mean, she made him get on that plane to go meet with Nike. Nike had offered Jordan a $500,000 a year deal for five years, as well as a signature shoe. I'm sure she was like all of ours, but his mom was a saint. That's that's something Adidas didn't, wasn't prepared to give Jordan that, that $500,000 deal for five years. They weren't ready to give him that type of contract and agreement at that time. And good thing for Nike because, Hey, they they hit the gold mine with that. Just to sure. throw just to throw a little bone in here, you know, you know, my favorite part of the the whole episode is gonna watch old Justin Timberlake. Come on, baby, mm. it, was, <laughs> it was awesome. So anyway, back to those. <laughs> pull, pull up that audio file. Pull up that audio file. <laughs> everybody, everybody is like, why is Justin Timberlake on? He was just talking about the culture and what that. Well, he's a huge did. basketball fan yeah, too, and, yeah, right. and he makes lots of money. Yeah, so, a, so he know, gets to be in the documentary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so. well, I That's didn't like, know he was a big. Uh, Jordan shoe wearer, is he? Apparently, he wears those. That's like his like when he's just wearing like jeans and tennis shoes. That's what he wears. He's a a Lakers fan. He goes to like damn Joseph. You may be a bigger fan than old Aaron (laughs) over here. I will say I've been I've been to a concert. Oh, cry me a river. I've been to a concert. Have you, have you really? Oh yeah. Oh really? Oh, oh see? I, see, did you scream? Is that I, what you said? I, I screamed. Ah! I screamed like a little bitch, and I was totally worth it. You man. know what? Shout out to JT. He's he he. But turned, he's good. He's oh, a good actor respect. too. Oh, mad respect. Oh, I think he's hilarious. You know. Well, uh, anyway, SNL skits. Uh, yeah. no, but, that was random. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. For but that. that was the only thing You're I didn't for that like. Bone. That was the only thing I didn't like about the documentary is towards the end of the commercials. I don't know if you saw the commercials. I watched on ESPN app. It kept going back to just random entertainers and their opinions of what Michael Jordan was. And that was the only thing yeah. I couldn't say. And I don't give a damn what these people think about They should have interviewed more fans. Yes, that's who I'd want to hear about. Not, I, I don't like, even I know do any like, of these people. I just skipped They did it. random tidbits of um, interacting with fans back then in the 90s, Dude, which was cool. kid getting that autograph in traffic. Yeah. I hope he, yes. that little shit better still have that. He looks that's like me say. whenever I was. <laughs> in, <laughs> he did look like a little he daddy. He was like then. hopping, looking at like, ah. But to go back to the shoes, you know, I thought for a minute, and yeah, all respect to um, Mrs. Jordan, his mother, that helped get that deal signed. Uh, you know who helped sell them shoes a lot, which is crazy to think he's such a New York Knicks fan. Spike, Spike Lee. Lee yep. Like he was in every uh, Wanna Be Like Mike commercial. Uh, he had a character that he played in those commercials that had a name, and I can't for the life of me remember who he played in that. 
uh, but he had a name that that was. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, look at these shoes, man. Like, it, yeah, uh, Spike really, Lee helped, and he, that's crazy to think because he's such a huge Knicks fan. Mm-hmm. And Michael whooped Patrick Ewing's and the Knicks and uh, John Starks and the Knicks all ass them, yeah. all the time. And I know you mentioned him earlier, but we have to, you know. Patrick Ewing today tested positive for coronavirus. Did he so really? He did. Oh, oh wow. He did. So our, um, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. For sure. For sure. And uh, with that being said, I think we can stay on a solemn note. Uh, today we did see uh, the head coach, uh, legendary Hall of Fame coach of the Utah Jazz, Jerry Sloan, passed away at 78. Um, yes, so yes, rest in peace. Rest in peace, yeah, brother. So, yeah. So, great, 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 great coach. Awesome. Yeah. Lost, lost four to two to Jordan in the finals and everything and, and got swept the year before, but he's still, after that, he made a bounce back with some other teams too. Jerry Sloan's an amazing coach. Yes, his, he's his, still a great coach, had tons of accomplishments in the NBA. And his two post-game interviews that were in the documentary were hilarious. You know, he's asked a question, so oh, what yeah. did you think about Jordan being sick tonight and his ailments and everything? And he goes, he was sick. Kinda, <laughs> he's kinda, he was like, well, he, uh, he put up 36 points, so I think he did pretty well. And then he kind of looks around and goes, did, did everybody know he was sick? Speaking <laughs> of sick. Am I the sick. last one? <laughs> Speaking of sick, it was a flu game, right? No, it was, no, the, no, food no, no. It was so, the food poisoning game. Here's the thing. Prior to this documentary, had anybody ever heard that story? No. 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 That was, no. I no. heard the flu game. The, the flu yeah, game. Yeah, everybody knows knew. the yeah. flu game. Jordan had the flu. And you know what? The guy, the pizza guy, they got in contact with them recently, and he totally refutes the idea that... They poisoned it. That he got... Food poisoning from that pizza because he said I was such a big, huge Michael Jordan fan, and that pizza did not leave my hands. I did everything I could to make sure it was perfect, and he even named his son after Michael Jordan. So I don't know. I don't know who to why believe. Do five guys go, and they were like, "Why do five people show and that's up to another a pizza thing?" Room? Because it's Michael Jordan's well, hotel room. The guy that delivered the pizza, he said there weren't five guys. There was two. Maybe it me was and my five partner. Guys. Maybe it was burgers, and Jordan <laughs> was just drunk off whiskey and gambled too much. Out he of- said. I'm sure my, Jordan was, was at anyway. the piano with a cigar in his mouth when he opened the door to deliver the pizza. And he just said, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And he was trying to get in, to at least get an autograph or something, but Jordan didn't want to have it. So you hear the rumor, right? It's, uh, the one thing that I had always heard from the flu game, Jordan stayed out way too late. And they, the documentary didn't touch on this at all, but you can look it up. There's a rumor going around that's always been in the NBA. Like Shaq and Barkley talked about this on uh, NBA on TNT that the flu game was actually Jordan was just hung over as hell the night before partying in Salt Lake. What do you think? That was always in in if you're listening that's that's a true thing. The NBA has always thought Jordan just got a little bit too hung over. You know man, I mean you know back in high school, you know, I'm not trying to talk down to, you know, underage drinking right here, but you know, one time I was out there, you know, baseball, I had a long night of drinking. Had a 9 a.m. game, and I went three for three that day. Oh, yeah. So, yep. I mean. <laughs> and, and Michael's been known to do this it, before, too. Felt, you know? felt great. I mean, I felt awful. Awful that morning. But you played great. But I played great. Hell, even, I mean, I mean I've mean, i even gone out there, and I've done, i played a, you know, I've, I've played a, a game, you know, a little, little tipsy and everything. I was supposed to be sitting on the bench, but it was my day to do it, and. I went out there and I hit two for three. Even caught a couple diamond balls. I mean, I don't know, man. You just kind of, you know. And another, you, you just kind of just. I almost believe that it. more than five dudes poisoned Michael's pizza. But I, it really kind of bummed me out because I was sitting there watching it with my wife, and I was like, "Watch, they're probably going to talk about how he may have just been hung over." And they didn't even 
touch on that, which makes me believe it even more that I mean, he was just hung over. What do you think, Jerry? What do you got? I mean, the odds of him being, I mean, you think of how many games he played. And, you know, in that first episode, he even talked about when he was a rookie going into the other teammates' rooms and there being, you know, lines of cocaine and marijuana and hookers in the corner and stuff like that. And I can't imagine that all of the years that he played, all the games, and only one game that he was that hungover. I'm sure that guy was hungover quite a bit. I'm sure a lot of it, a, a professional players. There's that go out one and party famous that picture bit. of Jordan where his eyes are just bloodshot yes. red, and he looks stoned out of his mind. You so know, the idea that you know that what? one was was too hungover. I'm not saying it was food poisoning. I'm not saying the other. I just I can't imagine that he was that much hungover that one. I'm gonna day. I'm gonna say it right now. Who cares? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Well, like and that, that was the whole thing with Phil Jackson. He was like, "I don't care what he's doing." This is this is exactly. the, this is the Last Dance podcast. We give a shit. <laughs> but like with yeah. Rodman going away and everything, yeah. you know, Phil understood whatever he's going to be here. He's going to perform, yeah. and regardless, food poisoning, flu game, just hung over brown bottle. He obviously flu. wasn't. Himself. He came back that second half and lit it up. Yeah, he did. I mean, he played great that second half. I mean, you know, you know. I mean, just you know, great athletes will do that, man. I mean, I, you, this day and age, you know, you see these athletes like you know, oh, I'm gonna go drink my uh, my my smart water and my you know my mineral water, and you know we'll be be good and you know ready for the next <laughs> game and everything. I'm like, you know, hell no, you know, Michael, you got he got his big old cigar, he has his whiskey. I mean, I mean, shit. I mean, I know. I mean, I wonder what these other guys were doing too. Maybe you know having probably another cigar too and. You know, shit, man. You know, it's just awesome to, you know, these athletes, they would get freaking ridicule if they, you know, if you saw them on TV with a cigar or. Exactly. Look at the 95 Cowboys. They were halfway coked up and they won three (laughs) championships. So I can't wait for that documentary. Dude, they should. And you know what sucks? I heard uh, ESPN, it was some, some other like celebrity news thing leaked. Uh, Apparently they're doing a Tom Brady documentary next. Yeah, that's. And I'm like, he's still playing. Let's talk. I would need to wait wait a while. As an Eagles fan, I would love a '90s Cowboys documentary because they were like they were like the Bulls. They were the Bulls of the of football. They were the Showtime Lakers of football. Like that would be an amazing documentary. Um, They became they became America's team really during that time. They'll eventually have one. It's just a matter of time. You know, real quick, I want to. Let's get serious for a minute, and I want to talk about episode seven. Uh, Michael loses his father. And my wife, we were watching that, and she was like, oh, they're about to talk. Did, did he die of a heart attack or something? Because it sounds like that that's where they're headed. And I'm like, you don't know how Michael's dad died? And she was like, no. And it, it, he was murdered. And just the stone-cold killing of him on his way to see his son uh, robbed by two 18-year-olds. He stopped. It's, he probably... Uh, decided to you know pull over and take a rest or take a leak on the side of the road or right. something they and said he, got, he was sleeping and he's driving a nice car and he gets robbed by two teenage idiots and uh dies he gets shot once in the chest and he and he dies and they took everything from him and it, you know for michael to, <gasps> to the thing that upsets me and i do remember hearing that you know as a young right. kid that his gambling debt being tied, like trying to do that, like that's just ridiculous. It was, it was very disrespectful to, to Michael yeah. for the media to trying make to those, fish for a story, make those accusations. There's, yeah, a bunch of assholes, man, just trying to steer the damn pot and everything. It's like, 
man, you know, that just why would you do that? Especially man? knowing that why Michael was you? so close to his father. Yeah, why, why would, would you, you do that? Why would you kick somebody down like that? They, like, the dude, the, the dude hadn't even put his dad in the ground yet, and you're trying to accuse him of things. And right? It, just, it, it was very hurtful. I couldn't imagine being him during that time and having to deal with the the noise from the media. It's just, but it was unbearable to to have to deal with. You know. For a minute, I want to talk about uh, next month's going to be Father's Day. Um, I I love my dad. We have a good relationship now, but we didn't when we were younger. Uh, my parents split up when I was young. I didn't have somebody to teach me to like throw a baseball or anything, but uh, I'm sure you guys did. I want to like. Can you guys relate to Michael and his dad at all? Yeah, I mean, shoot, man. I mean, I've learned. I mean, I've learned a lot of my competitiveness through my father. You know, I mean, we had to put hard work in. I mean, like you said, you announced me at five six. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's I had to put hard work. But in. for those listening, Aaron, go. He was a star running back for Amarillo High. He was he was amazing in high school, and well, so thank like you, I appreciate. You're pretty that. great yes, now sir. too, buddy. Yeah, you're a great guy too. I appreciate. You know, probably but, got some of that from your dad too. Being a good, <laughs> exactly. good person, yeah. you're one of the yeah. best people I know. You know, it's it's funny because me and James, we talk. You know, I talk about it. You know, man, like you know, whenever I see these documentaries. And I'm like, God, you know, my dad taught me kind of the same kind of stuff, you know, you know, about not only just working hard, but it's like, it's not going to be given to you, man. You know, it's just not going to be given to you. You're going to have to get your ass to work. Go, go do it. Go earn it. Go earn it. Because I mean, I know there was a lot of time, you know, and I know like in football, you know, I was okay. You know, I was, I was able to overcome a lot of the people over me, you know, because I worked my ass off. I, I, I made sure nobody was always, you know, never on, above me, you know, it's not on only my position, but in every, you know, in every stance. And, you know, whenever, you know, when I see Michael and I hear him, you know, when I hear his stories and his competitive, you know, man, I've tried, I, I've really tried to instill the same lessons that my father did and what I've heard from the, from the documentary. And like I said, man, it, we come off as too harsh. We come off as an asshole right. or you're emotionally breaking them down, you know, because I'm like, you know, because I know my dad has told me, you know, get up, you quit being a puss, get up. Right. And I, I did because I had older brothers. So no matter what, I had to, if I was going to play with my older brothers, I had to suck it up. And I mean, shit, I got thrown around quite a bit. But at the same time, I delivered back towards my brothers and his friends, you know. So, I mean, there was no just... You know, oh well, he's a little. You know, take it easy. Hell no. So you can relate. Got, you can relate to how Michael was with his father. yeah, exactly, and and his brothers because you know, like they said, you know, they were very competitive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my brothers were very competitive. We, I mean, shit, man, it didn't matter. We, we were vicious. Hard. On it. We were hard. vicious. I mean, if you go to my house, there's there's still holes in the wall from us. <laughs> I mean, cause fights. It's like last yeah, week. Shit, no joke, right? I mean, uh, shit, we've been, I mean, we're all in our thirties right now. Those have been, you know, we probably did that when we were 12 and 13 years old. So they've been there for about 20 something years and they're like, why don't you fix it? I'm like, you know, we don't. We it's got of, a memory to it. Yeah, there's right. a memory behind every it. Hole. Yeah. Every there's hole. A, there's a lesson behind it. Yeah, every what hole what has about, a story. what exactly. about you, Jared? Um, you know, I would say my dad and I, we were so much alike that we constantly butted heads, but sports was what, you know, he, he was a coach. He was extremely competitive. I was extremely competitive and and sports is, is how we bonded, whether it was through him coaching um, or through, you know, me playing in the conversations that we would have post games and pre games. It was sports is what connected us. And I know with Jordan and his father, it was so much deeper than that. And, but, but just, it was similar just with that sports connection. 
Okay. Awesome. What about you, James? What What about old Mike? Well, I didn't have older brothers to kind of learn from and tussle with and put holes in the wall, but you know, my dad. You had Sonya. Well, yeah, we 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 fought quite a bit, but you know, my dad, he was a huge presence in my life, and he really pushed me to be the best I could be. He was an influence in the way that he led me as a coach. He was my coach so many different times um, as, as a baseball coach. He never coached me in football, but he never pushed me and discouraged me from playing sports. He wanted me to do the things that I wanted to do, and I respected him for that. And everything that I chose to do as a kid, he pushed me to do and encouraged me to do. And he gave me the lessons and, the, and taught me the skills that I needed to be successful. And that's a testament to a great father who knows how to handle a son and not deter them from doing the things that they're willing to do and internally have a passion to do. He was, he was just that figure that was always there that had a, a great influence in my life. And I learned so many things from him, just the sheer effort that he put towards being a dad and a father taught you those young adolescent things on how to be a man like growing it just kind of like watching him growing up right and a lot of those things that he taught me as a kid i i use today with my children you know the effort the um the influence the encouragement the presence i mean he was always there he was always a part of what i wanted to do and he was supportive i just wish i just wish you were a could have Fisher as your dad, because boy, you asked. No, you know, I'm just I, I, think, I, right. I mean, out of anything, you know, I think Mike's a hell of a fisherman. The biggest if you don't thing know. that I think, you know, I think we can all agree on, you know, as being fathers now, and you know, you know, just you know, the whole thing of sports, you just don't want to disappoint somebody. Especially, yeah. I didn't ever want to disappoint my dad, right. you know. But the, and at the same time, I never want to disappoint my coach. I didn't want to disappoint my teammates. Like I, I was there to perform for anything. And just, you know, just to go out there for them, man, you know, put it all on right. the line. Make it, making my dad proud meant yeah. a lot to me because he put so much equity into into me as a person, as a son, and as a player. For sure. Yeah, my, I, like I said, my, I love my, me and my dad have a great relationship now. Uh, we just kind of didn't when we were younger and, you know, my parents divorced and I didn't get to see him, but it, except on the weekends and stuff like that, but... Uh, I did have my grandfather on my mother's side who was kind of like a father figure to me. I I called him Pa and he man, he uh he he didn't like sports or anything, but man, he he taught me m- more about life than anybody on this planet and the the life lessons that he's taught me, I'm trying to I still to this day I I screw up daily and I try to make him proud and uh, by being a father and a good husband, which he was, he was married to his wife for almost 60 years. He died of 59 years of marriage. But, uh, the, the lessons I could take from him of just being a man, um, I, I take that to heart and just to just, I don't know what it would feel like. I mean, I kind of have that, you know, he passed away when I was, uh, I think I was 26 when he passed away, 26, or 27, but Michael was robbed of his father, uh, at a very young age for him and to 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 lose your hero your somebody, sidekick your, your sidekick somebody that you just you're right. just trying to impress that your is most valuable yeah. companion in life it's it's hard and like I, I i relate to him in that aspect because when my grandfather passed away he was 
he was my he was the reason I wanted to just excel. Well, yeah. And and to 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 lose that, I related to that moment, and that that uh, I couldn't imagine how that felt. Well, but it's one of it the, gave him tenacity to improve and be better. You know, darling, I'm glad you bring. I mean, not. I mean, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Because at that moment, you know, when I you see when you, I remember in the document when you look at Michael's face at that at that moment, man, it's like he didn't know what to do. He didn't know like. Like he could, when I mean when he didn't know what to do, he didn't know what to do like with his career at that yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. You know, because he was at that, he's like, okay, I've won three championships. Okay. I'm at the top. You know, what else? I mean, what else should I do? I mean, it's kind of like, because that's what that, you know, that father figure is like, you know, hey, dad. Right. You know, hey, I've won three championships. You know, what do you, I'll go do it again. Well, they're going <laughs> to say did. that. Well, you know, well, yeah, but it's kind of like, he didn't get to do that. Like, he's just like, you know, well, my dad wanted me to, you know, to play baseball. During this documentary, Jordan revealed that the last conversation he had with his father was about his desire to leave basketball and play baseball. Mm -hmm. Because that was his childhood sport. That was the sport that his father Father. loved the most. And it'd be hard to make that decision. All the, you know, we had talked about earlier about how, it there were stories that were put out, which you know, you know, people like Bob Costas, Sam Smith, they just vehemently denied and said it was complete bullshit. It would be hard to make a decision like that while the spotlight's on you and people are saying such negative things right after oh, your hero sure. and your, yeah, your best awful. friend is, is 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 taken from you in such a, I mean, not that not that one way over another matters, know, but such a violent way. Him playing baseball was a way to honor his father and honor a dream, and I commend him for going and playing baseball and trying to make it to the majors because. That's what his father would would have wanted him to do if he were alive, and he would have done it either way. But even though his father passed, he still wanted to honor him, which I thought was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, hands down. And, you know, kind of touching on base on what you had mentioned, Jared, uh, moving kind of away from everything about uh, his father and everything. Um, at the same time, there was rumor and speculation that David Stern had suspended Michael mm-hmm. um, because was- of his off the – court issues and he even in the documentary said it himself that's total bs a super secret 18 month plus suspension or something yeah like that, that was never uh, a reality and that doesn't make sense i can't imagine when who would believe that that and they would take their most prized position exactly so yes. here i'm gonna play devil's advocate for oh a yes i love this Uh-oh. i completely agree with you both i i think it is bullshit i don't think david stern did it at all if you look at david stern's relationship he loved michael jordan yeah. because obviously David Stern's a capitalist. He's the owner of the NBA. Mm-hmm. What does an owner of the NBA want? He wants people watching his games. Who gets him the most watches of his games? Michael Jordan. So to have him step away from that and to say that he was at the root of that, I completely don't believe it. But but there is a but. Um, when, when Kobe and Shaq were playing together and Shaq left L.A., uh, Shaq got traded to Miami. There was supposed to be a three-way trade deal. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal was supposed to go to the Miami Heat uh, for, and the New Orleans uh, Hornets, before they became the Pelicans at the time, the New Orleans Hornets were supposed to send this hot, young rookie, or not, he wasn't a rookie, but he was a star point guard that only played a few years in the league. His name is Chris Paul. But he was hot. He was hot. He was supposed to come to the uh, LA Lakers to play alongside Kobe. Uh, mm-hmm. At the time, him and Shaq were having such bad on the court issues with uh, who's going to be the star of this team. Kobe is once quoted to saying, I'll play on Mars. I don't give a shit. Like he did not want to play in LA anymore. And the only caveat. So what they did was uh, Mitch Kupchak got 
Kobe in to sign with the Lakers to stay there and play because he was saying we're trading Shaq and we're going to get Chris Paul. Chris Paul is an assist machine. Kobe's a scorer. That appeals to a young scorer. Right. And so they were going to bring in Chris Paul and Kobe signed the deal for five years to stay in L.A. David Stern shot down the trade. They allowed the trade to go through to send Shaq to Miami to play with Dwayne Wade, but he did not allow Chris Paul to come and play with Kobe in L.A. He basically shot it down. Today's NBA, he's he the the only way a trade can get declined if both teams agree is by the commissioner. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows to this day why David Stern declined that trade, and most people think it's because he was he did not want to see the Lakers win another championship. They had won a three-peat. He wanted them to move away from that, and he felt giving – he saw Kobe was on the rise, and that's kind of just speculation that if Chris Paul came to L.A. So you're saying if he hypothetically did that and maybe, prevented that trade, maybe he – Maybe he did have something to do. It's possible. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's in the realm of possibility because if David Stern did something like that that was out there in the public – to say, hey, Michael had these off-the-court issues, it's totally possible as a basketball fan. Yeah, I could, I could I see it being either way. I understand as a the fan. devil's advocate side of it, but I just don't see it realistic. And like I said, I do, yeah, I do yeah, agree happens. with y'all. I do think it is BS he, mm-hmm. because as being a capitalist, he wants Michael that's to a generate good, that's that. That's a great but point, I, I like though. The, I like yeah. the devil's advocate. I like the conspiracy so theorist like, twist that, on So that's it. the only reason I think, well, maybe there is some yeah. merit to that. I just, right. you know, And not saying that it was true, I just couldn't imagine Jordan doing something that nefarious that soon after... Right, and to kind of get away real quick, um, to get away from the uh, more serious talk, sad talk, we got to touch on Space Jam. Like, just talk about Michael Jordan about being that. in Space Jam. I was Jam. actually going to interrupt y'all <laughs> and actually say, okay, I want to talk Jam. about his baseball I'll, I'll, too. Well, yeah. well, okay. no, we we let, let's we can talk about that okay. afterward. But like, you okay, know, he, he, he hit did the that ball. Dr- <laughs> he did a good job. No, I do want to talk. Get your eye about the ba- baseball. I do want to talk about the baseball, baseball segment is important. Well, for sure, yes. for sure, okay. and that that includes the Last Dance. Space, Space Jam wasn't Jam, in, in yes. the Last Dance much, but they, it was Michael Jordan. They built him his own personal facility. That's insane. For him I didn't to know train that. after hours after he was done shooting his scenes for the movie, and he invited all of the young talent and current talent there in the NBA to come practice with him, which it was incredible. You see all those. Hall of Famers and All Stars practicing with him and after that's hours. Such a chess move because it gave yes. him the opportunity mm-hmm. to be like, let's see who's good. Yeah. Because I'm not playing right now. It, it helped him get back to where he And he was to like, be. who who am I going to go up against? So he invited all this young talent and he invited some old talent. He invited mm-hmm. even some players. He invited uh, Lambeer from the uh, the Pistons was there. Howard. Yeah, Patrick, Barkley, Patrick, Patrick Ewing, Ewing was there. Patrick Ewing was there. And so, like, it, but that's just like. If you hear the term thrown around a lot, I'm out here playing chess while they're out here playing checkers. He he was doing that for a reason. And it was funny because all of those players were elated and excited. Oh, I'm going to go practice with MJ at Warner Brothers where he's shooting this huge Hollywood movie. And in reality, he needed them there to get him back to where he used to be. To, to come be, back. To be elite once again. For sure. It was sure. an ultimate move. And while he was doing that, he was playing baseball. So, let, James, let's talk about that. You know, he went to the Birmingham Barons, minor league team of the, in, in the Alabama. Chicago White Sox. Chicago White Sox, yeah. Right. And, you know, his, his time with the Birmingham Barons 
in October of 94, he went on to play fall, fall league baseball as well with the Scorpions. People don't remember that in Arizona. He didn't just play for the Barons. He also went on in fall to play with the Scorpions. Because he got moved up to double-A. Right. And Why did he get moved up to double-A, though? Because they talk about that. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily because of skill. It was because they didn't have the facilities the for facilities the media room. Exactly. He got off to a slow start with the Barons. I mean, he, he was doing okay with the fastball. But once he became an effective hitter... It was all breaking ball after that. And he could not handle the breaking ball. And, you know, his production dipped. But eventually, he was such a hard worker, such a a maniac with his work ethic. He caught on and he got better. His batting average was 202. Didn't he at one point hit over 225 or something like that? With the Scorpions, he hit 225 in the fall league. And that's a higher league. Right. And with with the the Barons, he hit 202. And that's, that's better than a lot of the prospects that they had on the team. If, if you're not a baseball fan, but you're listening to this, uh, but like that's, that's probably the average for double uh, a baseball is somewhere in the two twenty to two thirty. Uh, most of the sod poodles hit a little bit over two thirty, And so like that, that's a really good batting average for somebody but, who hasn't played baseball since they were 17 and with the scorpions. He stole 30 bases. He drove in 50 runs, had a batting average, like I said, of two fifty five. And that league had top major league talent who were the cream of the crop in double-A, and they were on the verge to getting called up to the majors. So it was incredible, the progression from beginning to end throughout his baseball career. He, he legitimately, if he would have played, according could, to Terry Francona, he, he could have made the majors within a year or two. From if he his kept playing. alone, and he, he thing, probably could have. Yeah, and he had a great manager. You know, you have, you know, future Hall of Famer, World Series, you know, manager, you know, Terry Francona, man, I mean, this guy, I mean, he, he, he's been around baseball. And, you know, to say that Mike, at, you know, at that time, like he said, yeah, he could have been in the majors. I mean, Terry has a great eye. And for him to say that. That was impressive. Not, yeah, I, that's, not, that's very yeah, impressive he was, to say he that was, about. Just, he's not going to say it just because he's going to be on a documentary. Right. He said that Jordan worked his ass off hitting and hitting. He also hitting, said yeah, it I mean, in Ride the Bus documentary over Michael and his baseball yeah. career that. He was close. He was Here's quoted a, saying a thousand at bats and he would have made it. If he yeah. would have had a thousand at bats in the yeah, minor roughly league, over within a thousand. three years, he mm-hmm. would have made it to the MLB. And another thing that's crazy about it is if, if you don't follow baseball, most professional major league baseball players have been playing baseball uh, in league play since they were probably 10 years old. Like to, it's, it's kind of that sport that you have to start in like soccer. You have to yeah. start young to, and you got to keep playing your whole life. And he hadn't played since he was 17 right. and he had to yeah. change his and body he, type. He was 32 years old coming in to play the sport, to play minor league baseball. And you know, if it weren't for the media circus, he probably wouldn't have been put where he was put. He would have been, you know, in, it's, in trip, if, triple a and he wouldn't have had the opportunity you know it's, it's funny you know that when you see you know i know people you know see michael but you know you also can't forget you remember tim tebow whenever he came along people are like oh man this is gonna be a circus but no tim went out there and he he's got the, out. he's got that work at you know, yeah. no, and i was like I'm, I'm not saying anybody can do it but if you have that mentality bo jackson the competitive yeah. jackson. the competitive fire, fire on it you, he had uh, it Deion sanders and we all yeah, know Deion, we all know Michael eventually walked away from baseball after that, you know, 94 season and primarily due Came to back not about 4 or 5, not wanting to play in the spring of 95 as a replacement player due to the player strike. 
Yeah. That if, if it weren't for that player strike, yeah, he probably would have played for, for a couple you know games. And you know what? Like awesome to him because it shows how much fun he was having with that double A team. Like he felt like one of the guys. He felt like he was part of that team. And you know, that would have it, it almost 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 seems like that would have been what Michael Jordan would have done was like, Hey, here's your shot to go play in the majors. You can go play for the White Sox tonight. Right. But he said, No, I'm gonna stay with my team. And he didn't do it. And and that's another th- crazy thing too that he, he, play, he was yeah. playing for the White Sox because most Bulls fans are Cubs fans. If he wasn't such a player rep in another sport, and he didn't want to cross that picket line with the whole player strike, he probably would have played longer, and he probably would have gotten to the majors. I'm confident he would have made his dad extremely proud up there in heaven, and he would have been a major league baseball player, and that would have been such a spectacle for all of us to witness as fans. I mean, that's just unheard of. But at the same time, we wouldn't have got another three-peat. He came back out of retirement. He didn't play for a year and a half. And he came back after almost over two, almost two years and had another three-peat right. championship run. Because he missed 93-94. He missed 94-95. Came back in, the, in March of 95. And he, got, he willed his team, play. even out of shape, to the playoffs to lose to the Magic. But... It was just impressive. Oh, yeah. Only one team has ever three-peated since the Chicago Bulls, and that's the Lakers. No team has ever three-peated twice. Only the Chicago Bulls. That's insane. And and to come back and, and go on that three-championship run and to play Utah those two final times and then just have the team that – and I real, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to another NBA legend who's having an illustrious career right now, Steve Kerr who became a hero. Yeah. And that's the thing like that make when people say I've I've heard it before and it's it's other bullcrap where it's like, well Michael didn't make his teammates better. Yes, he did. Like he gave them the yes. trust to, for Steve to take that shot and you talked about it very but, early in the podcast where they got in that you, fist but fight. Gotta, but you got to remember that Steve Kerr he, you got to give it up to um the guy before Paxton. 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 John Paxton. Yeah. You got to give it back to Paxton. Because even Paxton, you know, he said, you know, I was at the end of my, you know, my my, my, my basketball. He goes, whenever Steve Kerr came in, I knew that I had to take him under my wing yep. to teach him how to play to Michael standards. Because he, he was did. a position player. Exactly. That's all he was. He was been, a role player. And, and, and it was cool to see that coming from, you know, from Paxton. This, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, we got a championship. But. It's, it, it could be like, oh, all right, man, you figure it out. No. He's like, hey, man, this is what we got going on. I'm going to teach you. And Steve Kerr and that was, was the... That was awesome, man. Like, not many people in, in, in today, I don't think, would ever do that at no, all. I not agree. step up Look, into that role. Yeah, yeah. And, and Steve Kerr was the only player to win four back-to-back-to-back-to-back championships. Right, because with the Golden State Warriors as well. Spurs. Well, no, and then he... Coach the Warriors. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was saying as a player. Well, that's the thing. Like he's he's, he's got he's got he's got, he's got, he's got <laughs> yeah, six rings. The best thing he did for yeah. himself was challenge Michael and not back exactly. down to Michael. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. earned Michael's respect, and I feel right. like that made him a better player. Once they got on a, you know, the same playing field and everything was was hashed out, he became you know a good sidekick to Michael. Other than Scottie Pippen, he was. He was vital for their success. It's always better yeah. when every person knows their role. Well, I mean, you know, I, regardless I, of the way so to make cool it functional. It's so cool to see that, you know, how Paxson hit that shot against the Suns. You know, now Kerr stepped up and he did the, the same thing, man. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's wild how things work like that. And uh, like they say, you know, Michael wasn't, 
he trusted him. Yeah. He trusted him. I mean, he he did. I mean, it's I mean, every man. He won. rubbed them the wrong way in practice at times, but it paid off. They and, understood as even as adults. You hear them now looking back on their playing yeah, every days. Man with Michael, the ball. Every they man. understood and they respected what he did. The the great thing I think in closing is just that this documentary, whether you're a basketball fan or not, it it leaves you something with like you know Aaron. Uh, your coaching, you, oh, yeah, you can man. use you can use this as ammo to to feed your players. To, it, it's and people can use it to feed their life in general, maybe, just to be better and maybe make improvements. You know, revive an old way of of going about coaching and motivating players because and playing the, the way and that play. and well, playing please. the way the way that the, that we compete now is so below how we used to compete and it's just absolutely it's a shame. What, watching the last two episodes you know talking you know nine ten you know it's i mean rodman man to go off and go to the damn wrestling with the <laughs> nwo you know during the playoffs during the playoffs can we do a segment about the nwo yeah, and carmen electra man I mean, that like, dude had it made wrestling I, supermodels I it is, you, you know, it, I was, and, and you know what? Like, I remember growing up and be like, "Man, Dennis Rodman is he gay? Is he just uh, weird? What what is he? I don't know what he is." But and then, just, but like, you know what? He's Dennis Rodman is just Dennis, <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Rodman. But yeah, you know, when he came back to practice, you know, Phil said it. You know, hey man, you know, you, you know, the guy, you know, we're we're here practicing. You know, you kind of let him down. You know, but he shit, he stepped his shit up. But in front of everyone, <laughs> yeah. he did say, you know, he brought dishonor to us. Dishonor, and, yeah. And and I, that's what I really liked about Phil Jackson. It was, no. hey man, I love you to death. I truly if, do. You if, brought dishonor to us. In the, dishonor to or dishonor and, to and, us. And it's not like he was trying to hum- like. No, if, if not you, at all. If you hear that today, and I, I, if you hear that today, like, hey, you brought this. If I said that in front of a group to one of y'all, and you know, you'd be like, okay. But if I said it to somebody else, it'd be like, well, you're being a bully. Yes. Plus, that's no. Like, like, well, bully, bully. Like, no, man. Like, we've just got to shift the way that we think and the way that we perceive things because it's all wrong right now. It's, could, it, could you imagine? Seemed, oh, if, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Could you imagine if a player today would just leave and go play in, like, or try to be on TV for wrestling? That means they probably wouldn't come back because that they just don't have a, a work ethic well, like Rodman and Gronk, some of those players did. Gronk's Gronk. done it. Okay, well he's an well, exception. He's, that dude's he's, a beast. He's an ex- he is. Yeah, <laughs> he's a beast, and he can go party on a yacht with you know Instagram models, and you know God bless him for that. And, and then, then move come, to Tampa, come back, and where there's a lot of he's Instagram the models. <laughs> Bilze- he's the Dan Bilzerian of football. Yeah. No, but he, I, I think but, I think athletes now there's not as much playing for glory. I mean, you could tell even Michael Jordan he said yeah, he played because right. he wanted to be the best. He wanted to win. Now everyone's playing to line their pockets. They're playing with their buddies. They want to hop around from team to team. Yeah. And oh, we're yeah. gonna I, go hang out. I think LeBron's padding stats at this point. Like, I I don't know. You if think he he's ha- trying to be a Whoa. stat warrior? I think he's just trying to get the yeah. most points of all time. I think because Kobe's third, and then Kareem, and then uh, um, or excuse me, Kareem's one. Second is Kobe, and then third is. Uh, uh, Carl Malone. Yeah. And I think, or now it's LeBron, I think. And I think LeBron's just padding stats. And like, I've heard many people talk about how they think LeBron is like, how do, how do you not, if you well, didn't see Michael grow up or you didn't grow up watching Michael play, I get it. Like you watched LeBron and Kobe and you, you know, but how do you not agree that Michael is the best athlete or best basketball player here, of all time? He me, is. Let me tell you what shows it. And we, and then we, you know, we, if you watch the documentary, 
the Easter Conference, right there, the last one against the Pacers. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. great, great player. Fantastic. Man, I mean, any kind of pre- that pre- team pressure, pressure was, was not – that was not an issue to him. He just did it. I mean, kind of like Steve Kerr, you know, like he just makes those shots. And, the, and that's what Reggie did. Yeah. He just made the plays. He made the shots. And when I remember, yeah, and that team right Coached there. by Larry Bird. I, I don't remember watching that team. I, I remember watching that. I thought conference. they were going to win that. I thought, I thought the Pacers were going to win it because, man. So did I, man. That was a good great team. team. That was a good team. And, <laughs> and I just couldn't, man. I just could not help. I could not help just like. I remember watching game seven freaking, freaking out. But yeah, I I get where you're going with it, Aaron. Like that that team was just great, and it just shows the resilience of who Michael Jordan is. And I think that because that team, man, that that Pacer team, man, they they were loaded. They They were were physical. God, they were loaded. They could score. I mean, I was I was scared. And even Michael Jordan came out. No one said, "Man, that guy's the next," uh, you know, the next Dr. J, the next Larry Bird, the next anyone. It it just never happened. The next Wilt Chamberlain. That never happened. Yep. It was always he's the greatest. This kid can just play. Everyone said it, and only t- until now do we have a. Well, Kobe's better than MJ. No, he set the precedent for sure. You can't beat that. I completely agree. With I love you. I love how Reggie calls him the black cat. Though. That's yeah. black Jesus. Black, black Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like. Which, I mean, if- but okay, you know, kind of. And here's a, the last shot. Where are y'all doing? Where were y'all at? The oh, last man. shot, what? The last shot, the last shot by Michael. Oh, Jordan. oh yeah, when he yeah. puts it, when he puts oh, it in no. the, when the you, playoffs. Do y'all remember to win the finals against the Jazz? Remember? Yes, I watched that with okay. my mom. Okay, I watched that game live. All right, do, like, what do you remember about it? Like, like, I'm talking like, where were you at? Who you were with? You go first. Oh, I can okay. go first. I don't have one. Okay, I don't remember that much. <laughs> I don't remember that much okay. detail. So I, re- I remember, I remember it pretty damn well because I remember it was the last day of school. And I remember we were all sitting by the TV. It was my mom, my dad, my brothers, our next door neighbors. We were, I remember we were all there. And I would just remember just after that steal, we were all, you know, jumping up. Call timeout. Call, like we're all yelling timeout, but we're like, what the hell are you doing? They're like, Phil, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. We're screaming at the damn TV like you can hear us. Like we but, know better yeah, too. Okay, <laughs> man, we got you. You know, but I just remember watching that last shot and – Oh, shit. I remember, like, my house, you know, there's a little ring around it, like, connected from the living room to the kitchen. And I ran around that (laughs) damn thing at least five times, just going crazy. And, shit, I remember all of us, man. That was incredible. Just, just, we were all screaming. I remember we were all screaming. I mean, even my dad. I remember, oh! And what people don't remember about that is there was still time on the clock. Oh, yeah, there was, of course. Yeah, Stockton still got a shot off. He he got that three-pointer off. How do you think the series would have went if he would have made that shot? I think Jazz would have got it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Like, they were very close to not winning that game and it going to game seven. I think if it went to Game Seven, they Scotty Jazz wins because they were still in U- they would still would have been in Utah, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Michael even said it himself. He did not want to go back. to Well, oh, didn't he say that? Wanna... That's when he said, "I'm only packing one suit." Yeah. The NBA I'm only packing one suit. The NBA yep. is weird when you were the home team, and I think they may have changed it, but back then when you were the home team, so the way it worked was uh, Game One's in Chicago, Game Two is in Utah, and then you play three games in Chicago because Chicago had the better record. So you go Chicago, Utah. Three in Chicago, and the last two 
if needed, mm-hmm. are in Utah, which being technically, if you think about it, that's not really a home, that's not a home record advantage because if it does, if the team is good enough to go to a game seven, those last two games are going to be on the other team right. that had a poor oh, record. Yeah. Uh, it could benefit them if it went that far. Yeah. But that shot is so iconic and, and people say, Oh, he pushed off. There's no, no he didn't. He no, didn't. no, I thought, no, no I will say I did think that at the time, at the watching time. It, yeah. yeah. In live, watching. in live action, you can kind of get that idea, but, but I've, I've seen, you could see the, the dude's momentum. He yeah. just kind of puts his hand on him as he's gliding past him. Yeah, he he doesn't have he, enough force. He doesn't even have all four fingers on him. Yeah, and he's completely right. bent over towards the ground at that point. There's no way he's going to be able to plant, turn no, around. He, he didn't and push be off. No. And well, he Michael missed a lot of shots before that. I don't think. You know what the sad thing is, is today that probably would have been a foul. Oh yeah, oh, definitely <laughs> flagrant. Oh, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have stayed on his feet today. He would have fell. Yeah, he would have. Backwards. Yeah, I mean. Anybody have any closing thoughts? Just I will say this. Watching this reminded me of how much I loved that era. Yes. And how much definitely. I loved and I missed. How much NBA. it's missed for sure. I just I, I, I don't keep up as much with the NBA now. I still love watching ball. Right. But that, just yeah. those, those those guys were bigger than life. I mean, they were the epitome of what hard work and what sports was. Yeah, there's there's great players today, but it it's I agree with you completely. Like watching that, you were like, damn. Yeah, can yeah. we get that back? That's yes. why I was such a big fan of the NBA growing up. It's and just that was a per- the, it's a perimeter game now. It was the yeah. gold, yeah, and it was a golden era of basketball in the '90s, and it was such a huge part of everything. Basketball was larger than life, yep. and as I grew older into the late 2000s and the 2010s, I just I just gave up on basketball. Kind off. of, Damn. I mean, it just fell off. The passion got sucked out of me, and it wasn't the same as whenever I was a kid because. The, the, the lack of commitment these players have to the, the franchise, to their team, their teammates, they, they just bounce around. They don't they, – they go to these super teams, and it's just not the same feeling. No. Like we had when we were kids in the 90s. Kobe, Dirk Nowitzki, and Dwayne Wade are the last of a dying gonna, breed. I was actually yeah. about to just say about Dirk Nowitzki, yeah. man, because, you know, watching him with the Mavs, you know, when they won that championship. Oh, that was special. That was special. That was an amazing finals when that they beat LeBron. I was super so happy. Underdogs. I was so happy. Yeah. Super underdogs. I did not see them pulling that out. Uh, I didn't either. Man. I was like, that was cool. Dirk, man. God. And you know, away shots were just, God. Dwayne just Wade awesome. may be, I, I don't know, man. The basketball fan of me almost thinks he's better than LeBron. He just took a back seat when LeBron came. To Miami, he's. I think he's a better basketball. You gotta player. get off this LeBron train, man. It's not a LeBron train. He's just, just brought up so much, but I think we're all in the consensus. I like I don't, think, I don't think we're on a LeBron train. I'm just no, saying, like, there's is. there's that there's that stigma that the most people out there think that LeBron is better than LeBron is the best player ever, and he, he's just not. He's just not. He's one of the best athletes ever. I agree with what James I, he, is the, he is the best athlete to ever play basketball. He's good, but man. What? But Dwayne Wade was fantastic. Yeah, Dwayne Magic was can great. rival him as far as athleticism on the court, but. I just think LeBron has a little bit over him, but any anyway, LeBron's a top five player. But as far as the greatest, no way. Yeah, Michael, hands down, hands down, hands down. Yep. Um, not not enough. Get out the LeBron be, train. Can be said. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, get off of it. Um, but he, maybe if he would have spent more time just being a basketball player, he would have been level of Michael Jordan. Who knows? But, you know, I think this kind of cold and itch. Um, This has been a hard year for NBA fans with the cancellation of the season, the passing of Kobe Bryant. uh, This documentary 
kind of fill the hole, I think. Yeah, it breathed life into yeah. fans of the NBA, NBA players. We needed Most it. of those NBA players are so young. They never got to see Michael Jordan play, even though they're huge fans of him. Yeah. But this documentary gave everybody an in-depth perspective of who Michael really was behind the scenes and how great of a player he was. And love him or hate him, he was the best. Yeah, and that's that's why we did this podcast. This yes. is... This has been Locker Room Hype. Uh, this is our tribute epi- episode to the Last Dance documentary. If you haven't seen it, um, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you listened this far. and uh, But go watch <laughs> it. Yes. Spoilers? Yeah, right. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. He wins six titles. Yeah. Hey, you know, you got to just, just binge it. Just go. Just, definitely, just, definitely. Just go. Take the eight hours yes, and binge it. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. It really is, like you know. Take us I home, mean, James. This week we're going to be posting a poll on our Facebook for next week's main Bomb City Locker Room Talk episode. So you guys, I want you to go to our Facebook page, Instagram, take the poll, help us out. Please. Choose a topic for next week. We're going to have different, we're going to have probably like four topics, wouldn't you say, guys? Yeah, roughly four topics for you to choose from. Yeah, but I, I know we have a decent number of followers, but I, I, you know, I don't know how many, we don't have the numbers on who's listening and who's not, but if you're listening to this right now, we... We want your feedback. We we want a reason to keep making good content for you. Uh, James has been busting his ass. We've done interviews with uh, current NFL player and uh, you know uh, Ziggy Hood, uh, who's a hometown hero. Played for the Paladura Dons. Um, Great we, guy we, too. Uh, we have some other interviews coming up that are not going to be sports related. Um, so we're trying to make content for you guys and and just give you something to listen to so your feedback is truly appreciated if you were hearing these words please tell us what you like tell us what you don't like we want to know what what can we do to make us better because that's the only thing that's going to make it better but uh you know we we want to be like mike um (laughs) exactly always get better always get better right thank you guys for tuning into bomb city locker room talk and listening to locker room hype